Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Eurohoops podcast, the, Euro, the Eurohoop pod. Today, Adigoni Zahari couldn't be with us, but uh, we have a really special guest. Honestly, this is the most special guest ever we ever had. No disrespect to the players that we had, but Bura Uzar, hello, you are very special for us. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Uh, Bura Uzar, uh, one of the heads of the Turkish edition of Eurohoops, and uh, there's a very specific reason why I wanted Bura so much in this podcast. And the reason is that uh, this week in Euroleague, we have the mighty Turkish derby, the big class between Fenerbahce Beko and Anadolu FS. Fenerbahce hosts uh, FS in Ulker Arena. Now, FS marches to this game with a 5-6 record. They seem to have recovered for a, from a very rough and ugly a Euroleague beginning and unprecedentedly, unprecedentedly ugly for a Euroleague champion beginning. They have three wins in a row. Meanwhile, Fenerbahce uh, never really uh, had a good record in Euroleague. They had uh, uh, some bad uh, streaks, some uh, rough patches, and they are now on uh, 0-3 skid. They have three defeats in a row and they have three wins and eight losses Buda, the question is which team, FS or Fenerbahce, is in a better condition now? And the obvious answer is FS. Uh, is it true? Is FS in a better condition? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's FS, uh, especially after the return of Kronoslav Simon, which, were, which they were missing a lot in those uh, losing streaks, as you mentioned. Uh, FS is looking very bet- uh, better now. Uh, Simon made a huge contribution to them. Uh, with him on the court, uh, Mitzic and uh, Larkin can concentrate, scoring even more, and that gives a lot of power to FS. Ball movement is very, very uh, fast now. They are finding open shots. Bobois found a really good rhythm uh, late in the games. So they are much better condition now, and Fenerbahce is having a lot of troubles, especially the double game week was very rough for them. Uh, two losses, two uh, very tough losses, uh, put them in a worse condition right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they were they were already coming from a very bad defeat because it was a blowout loss at home to Olympia Milano, and uh, they lost by 25 points. But uh, it seemed to me that uh, they could have lost this game by 40 or something. It seems to me yeah. that it seemed like uh, Milano, you know. Uh, tune down the rhythm in the fourth period. Yes. And uh, Fenerbahce doesn't really play well. Uh, not only this period, they, they, doesn't seem, they don't seem to play well, at least according to the roster they have, at least according to the expectations we had for them. So uh, the, the next obvious answer, the next obvious question, <laughs> sorry, that I have to make for you is, for which teams team are the stakes higher in this game? You know, I prefer Anadolu FS because uh, I think they are the favorite right now. Uh, Fenerbahce lost a lot of games uh, at the beginning of the year with one position. You know, uh, a game a buzzer beater from Mirotic, for example. The Shayok missed the buzzer from, at Real Madrid's game. Uh, they lost a lot of uh, tough games, but those three defeats are different than the others because they, it looks like they threw the towel. 
especially yes. Milano game. Milano destroyed them in the first quarter and Fenerbahce never had a chance. It was the first 100% uh, capacity game in Turkey. Uh, you know, they had a really nice fan support. Uh, they made a special ceremony for Meli and Datome. The atmosphere was good. That was that was I was trying to say, and fans supported them well. But uh, Milano completely destroyed them, as you said earlier. Uh, it looked like a 40-50 point uh, game for Milano, and uh, that's the difference. You know, Fenerbahce was fighting before that. Uh, you know, they were unlucky. They lost uh, with buzzer beaters, but they were showing character. But in those three defeats, uh, it looks like they are going to bad uh, bad place. Especially Zalgiris game was, I think, the biggest biggest upset for them. You know, uh, not to disrespect Zalgiris, but uh, they, it looks like they are the weakling of this year's Euroleague. Uh, of course, a coaching change uh, put them in a better position, give them a fresh breath. But uh, since the beginning of the game, uh, Fenerbahce couldn't play any game of their character. They didn't show a good performance defense at the defense, uh, and Sasha Georgievic is really, really praising their defense. Even their defeat to Milano, he said, we kept them under, uh, you know, 70 points, something like that. Uh, but in those uh, two games, in the double game week games, uh, it looks like they were getting out of control. They were losing it. And it was a wake-up call for them, probably. Uh, I'm really, really wondering what are they going to show uh, tonight's game which side of their character they are going to show because they have quality players. You know, Jan Veseli, Nando De Colo, uh, all Euroleague teams uh, want Nando De Colo or Veseli on their roster and Fenerbahce have, have them right now. But, uh, you know, uh, their character is a must. They have to know uh, which uh, offensive sets they are going to use. It looks like they are putting chains on their ankles. You know, Kerry Honey Yeah, again, we were saying. Yeah. Pierre Henry wants to run, Vesely wants to run, but they are, it looks like they are putting chain on their ankles. So that's why I think Fener is a little bit uh, worse spot than FS right now. And that's why I think FS is the favorite. Of course, uh, as I said, after Simon's return, FS is start, FS has started to find their form. And they are playing much better now. Their ball movement is uh, starting to get to the level as last year. And, you know, of course, they have also their own problems, especially in the big man rotation. Uh, they are still finding, they are still searching their uh, center. You know, Plyce is good, but never as good as a starting center in EuroLeague, in my opinion, because he has some gaps. Uh, of course, his shooting is so valuable for uh, FS. He gives them... Uh, much more floor spacing, but on the defensive side, uh, he they are uh, getting torched by opponent teams' pick and rolls. And Dunstan is father time is starting to catch him, and Petrushev is uh, you know still trying to adapt to Euroleague level. So their big man rotation is a little bit weak right now, and uh, Fenerbahce has really good players on. That side of the floor, Wesley, Devin Booker is a huge offensive threat. Akila Polonara gives them energy all the time, but they are not using him a lot. Uh, and he was more valuable at Basconia in a center position, but Georgievich uh, never used him in that position. So I'm still uh, wondering what they will do with Polonara's situation. 
So that's why I think FS is the favorite right now. You know, uh, you, you talked about uh, the front line and uh, I think, uh, for example, Petrusev, you talked about Petrusev, he's so much talented on the offensive end, but it seems to me that uh, the biggest issue for him right now is adjusting uh, specifically to the defensive side of the game. He seems to me the weakest link when he's on yeah. the floor for a first defense. Uh, this is a, an obvious target for Fenerbahce, maybe. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I think they are going to play a lot of pick and rolls, uh, and they are going to they will try to use their bigs after the rolls because you know FS is trying to adapt their pick and roll defense right now. They're still, as I said, they are still searching their uh, a one uh, center. You know, Sean Serta Shandler did a fantastic job last year, uh, both defending the rim and defending the guards after switches. Uh, but now this year they can't do it right now until now. And I think, as you said, that will be the plan A for Fenerbahce. You know, uh, most people seem to, um, some people might seem to forget right now that uh, Fenerbahce played against the FES earlier this season, back in October, and they actually, uh, they beat them really easily. They won 90 to 68. Uh, You think that uh, the two teams are completely different uh, right now in comparison to what we saw back then? Yeah. Or will, sure. will Fenerbahce? Do you think uh, to put it uh, in a different way? Do you think that uh, Fenerbahce will, uh, you know, will try to emulate the recipe of success of this game, or maybe that uh, Anadolu FS saw what they did wrong in this match and they will correct the, their mistakes? I think both, and also there is a huge factor in that game. There was a huge factor. Uh, you know, Fenerbahce has a lot of talented Turkish players right now. You know, Şehmus yes. Hazer, Ismet Akpınar, Mete Birsen, they are really big players for Turkish league. And FS lost their uh, A1 Turkish player, Sertac Şanlı. Of course, Shane Laken has Turkish passport, but Sertac Şanlı was a big factor in Turkish league games last year. Even bigger factor than Euroleague, you know, because uh, right now FS has to pick three frontline players and they are both, uh, they are all foreigners. So with Simon and Boboa or Misic, they have to, you know, forfeit one of them. And that, you know, that gives them a lot of damage. And Fenerbahce has really good Turkish players. As I said, uh, they were a huge factor in that game. Uh, you know, FS was uh, a little bit, uh, as I can say, hangover from their victory in the <laughs> Turkish League and Euroleague. And they were missing some players because of injury problems. That game, I think that game was... a. Uh, lot different than tonight's game Be, just because of foreigner rules and you know the injury problems that FS were having in that game you know uh, we talked about uh, FS that they seem to be they seem to be finding uh, the rhythm I mean uh, they got uh, three wins uh, in a row and okay these wins uh, are not against the you know uh, powerhouses uh, they beat uh, Alba Berlin on the road. They beat Olympiacos Piraeus at home, and Olympiacos Piraeus is strong at their home court decisions, but not so much on the road. And they beat uh, Monaco. Uh, Fenerbahce, on the other hand, uh, we talked about uh, their own problems. Uh, now, FS is on the road. Uh, essentially, is this uh, it's early in the season 
But uh, how much must win is this, is this game for Fenerbahce? How much important it is? I mean, of course, it's a derby. It's a Turkish league derby. It's a derby against uh, one of your biggest, your biggest basketball arch rival because, you know, uh, football and other sports with Galatasaray is another uh, story with yeah. uh, Fenerbahce. But on basketball, their, their biggest rival right now is Anadolu Efes. So, uh, is this match more important uh, than, um, you know, your usual Turkish derby? Is it more important than other Turkish, Turkish uh, derbies if we consider that Fenerbahce has so many problems right now? Uh, I, I agree with you. It's, it's uh, always is because, you know, it's, bec- it's because also Fenerbahce against Anadolu Efes and plus to that Fenerbahce against Ergin Ataman. <laughs> so, two sides okay, of yeah, story. yeah. This is, I forgot about this very, very important <laughs> factor, which is a completely yeah. different chapter on its own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so, it's, it's, you know. it's a unique rivalry. It's a rivalry yes. on its own. <laughs> it's, it's a gasoline to the fire, you know. <laughs> So it's it's a must win for Fenerbahce. Uh, they are three and eight right now. Uh, only two, three teams are worse than them in the standings. If they want to be in the playoffs, they need to start winning games and they need to start winning all the games they are going to play at home. Uh, and this is a good start for them. It can give them a huge moral boost. You know, beating uh, the Euroleague champion two times in a couple of months, uh, it will give them a confidence boost. You know, they needed that because uh, it looks like they are starting to fall apart, especially in the last week, as I said. Uh, and they need to change things now. Players need to react. The coach needs to react. They will have a huge fan support, I, I think. Uh, I think there will be more than 9,000 people in the arena. Uh, so it's a great atmosphere. We know how uh, effectful Fenerbahce fans are. Uh, so it's a must win for them uh, because... Uh, they are chasing playoffs right now. And, you know, if you go three and nine and the other teams win, uh, it's it's really, it will make, put them in a very bad position and they will lose their confidence. You know, uh, we talked about, uh, you talked about uh, Fenerbahce defense and uh, Sasa Djordjevic uh, has said many times that he's happy about the team's defense. Well, Fenerbahce, has one of the best defenses in Euroleague. They allow only 72 points per game. But on the other hand, they play in a really slow tempo. It's not like they play fast-paced basketball. You also talked about that. So there are not many possessions in their game. So in a way, it's natural that there are not many points uh, scored. But the problem for Fenerbahce and uh, the main complaint that I see on social media that Fener fans have uh, of their team is its uh, offensive inefficiency. It's that they can't score a lot of points. They can't produce according to the talent they have on the roster because we have, you said it yourself, we have, they have players that uh, can play fast-paced basketball, a fast-level game. They can play, you know, of offense-oriented basketball. They have players who can... They, they don't have many players who can shoot the ball. Maybe that's a problem. They don't have many consistent uh, shooters that can uh, deliver on that uh, part. And uh, we've seen some problematic lineups from Sasa Djordjevic. Sometimes he uses, uh, I don't know, maybe a lot of players that don't, you know, deliver, they don't uh, produce a threat from uh, beyond the arc. So uh, yeah. that also affects the spacing of the team. And to, to make the question to you, the, the hot question <laughs> for you right now, 
Uh, will Sasa Georgievich be on the hot seat in case of a loss, considering all the things that we talked about? I mean, yes, it's early on the season. Uh, usually, I don't like to talk about coaches, you know, being on the hot seat, especially so early. And uh, But it is a fact that Fenerbahce right now underperforms. They don't perform according to the roster. They don't perform according to the quality. They don't play, uh, you know, good basketball. They don't play the, the type of basketball that they should play according to the quality of the roster, their experience, and the players they have. So this is my question to you. Uh, how much, you know, responsibility does uh, Will Sasa Georgievich have, have for this record? And will he be on the hot seat in case uh, the, the team loses? Especially, you know, if they lose with the with another poor offensive performance. Uh, it, I, to be honest, I'm not a big uh, Sasha Georgievic fan. He's a he's a great coach, but I don't think his style fits to modern basketball. Uh, and but to be honest, we have to understand that it's not his roster. He didn't exactly. sign any players. I, I like that you mentioned that he didn't choose uh, this player. Uh, Igor Kokoskov yeah. chose the, most of these players. Yeah, and Igor Kokoshkov and Sasha Georgievich are two different coaches. They like two different playing styles, Kokoshkov. Even though they are both Serbian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and they are two completely different coaches. And Sasha Georgievich not even signed one player to this roster, except Sheikh Musazer, uh, which was a different story. And They got him because he's a domestic uh, player, he's a Turkish player. Yeah. They needed some domestic uh, blood on the roster for domestic league games, especially. Yeah, for sure. For sure, and you know he didn't sign any of these players. Uh, they are not fit. Some of these players are not fitting to Sasha Georgievich's gaming plans. But uh, you know, since they paid them, since they give them a lot of money, he, he has to use them in some kind of way. And right now, he still can't find a way to use them, especially in the offensive side. I mentioned you about Polonara. You know, he was really successful at Basconia. He was. Uh, the most improved players of the last year, in my opinion. And he played a lot of huge uh, minutes in Basconia at the center position. Right now, they have Wesley and Devon Booker. I think, in my opinion, uh, Sasha Georgievich uses Devon Booker uh, more than it should be. Uh, you know, uh, all as soon as Polonar gets into game, the rhythm changes. He gives them a lot of floor spacing. Devon Booker is a really valuable player. But I think uh, he needs to separate Wesley and Booker's minutes from the, each other. Uh, Wesley can't find a lot of floor spacing. Devon Booker can't find a lot of floor spacing on the court uh, when they're playing together. And their rim protection is not uh, so good. And, you know, this kind of things uh, is hurting Fenerbahce right now. But as I said, it's not his roster. He didn't sign even one player to this roster. You know, I, in my opinion, he should sign a player, especially in the point guard position, because Pierre Henry and uh, his chemistry is not uh, so good on the court right now. I'm not saying their individual relationship, because as I saw it, their uh, conversations are really, really well. Uh, you know, they they understand from each other, but uh, their playing style are different. Is are different. Henry wants to run. Henry wants to, you know play open court basketball, but Sasha Georgievich wants him to slow it a little bit down. So they couldn't find a balance right now. And they need a point guard, in my opinion. Uh, and Henry's uh, not playing so good right now. 
uh, he's struggling and I think that's the reason he's so valuable in the defensive side that's why they are one of the best defensive team in the Euroleague you know they have a really really uh, huge defensive talented players uh, but in the offensive side I think they need to remove their chains from their ankles they need to run a little bit more uh, it will give them a huge boost I think it will improve Shyok's performance also it will improve uh, Vesely's performance also you know they can't use Wesley right now uh, with full potential. It's 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 amazing. I, mean, I don't think Wesley... I don't think that uh, any of the players play in not in full potential. I think they play I, they they play strangely bad. You know, uh, at least uh, based on what uh, they have uh, we have used to watch them play. I mean, Nando De Colo, for example, shoots just thirty one percent from the three point line. It's crazy. Yeah. Who Nando yeah. De Colo? One of the most consistent, uh, consistently not only solid, uh, great shooters from beyond the arc. Uh, the only the only guy who you know shoots the ball well from beyond the arc from the three point line it's uh, Marco Gudulic, who shoots forty percent. Fenerbahce yeah. has a huge problem on their on the three point shooting. They are one of the worst three point shooting teams in Euroleague, and honestly, it's weird seeing those players underperforming so much, especially Nado De Colo. Nado De Colo has the worst average of his Euroleague career, for example. And uh, Marco Guduric doesn't play so well, where he was one of the top players of Fenerbahce last season. He was the guy who, you know, who came halfway through the season and he clicked immediately and Fenerbahce began winning games. And you talked about Jan Vesely. So there's something wrong there. Yeah. Yeah, I was just building to that. You know, Dando Decolo is also not playing good. And two of them are the most consistent players of the Euroleague. You can use uh, both of them in a different kind of scenarios. You know, you can use Vesely as a passing station, Dando Decolo as a finisher. You can uh, use De uh, Vesely as a finisher and Dando Decolo as a facilitator. But right now, they can't, do, they can't use them even uh, at 100%. It's, it's really strange. I don't think, uh, to conclude my opinion, I don't think Georgievich will be on the hot seat, even though they are in a, they will be in a worse position than today if they lose tonight. But uh, he will lose a lot of credit. Yes, and uh, lose a the, lot of. Credit. And the next game for Fenerbahce might be critical because okay, for a team like Fenerbahce, every every game is a must-win game, but. Okay, they are facing Anadolu Efes right now. Next uh, next week, they will play against Monaco at home again, which is 101%, if you can say it like that, must-win game. And then they yeah. play at Zenit, a very difficult match. Then they host Maccabi Tel Aviv. Maccabi Tel Aviv is a team that has shown that uh, they can do damage against powerhouses. So this is a crucial, I think, a stretch for Fenerbahce right now and Ensas Adoltevich, and that's why... I ask you specifically, and uh, you know, Anadolu FS has been on the completely opposite side of things. They seem to to clicking right now. You talked about how Kronoslav Simon Simon has uh, you know affected them and uh, how well he he has helped them find the rhythm, especially on their offense. That uh, they have been one of the most dangerous offensive teams uh, in Euroleague for the last couple of years, and uh, they didn't seem to. To be that kind of team in the beginning of the season, but now they are finding their way and they are winning games. So, uh, Buddha, to conclude our conversation, can you give a prediction for this match? Plain and simple. Uh, I think FS will win. FS will win. Easily yeah. or not? 
<laughs> or this is a hard part. Re relatively easily. I think uh, 10 points, 15 points lead uh, wow. win for FS. Wow. Yeah. Reminder uh, for those that uh, didn't uh, hear us uh, before, Fenerbahce actually uh, blew away uh, Anadolu FS. Uh, 1962. Would I have it right? Yes, 1962. Yeah. 1968. Sorry, 1968. Back in October. Uh, so we may see a completely different game like that. I also believe that FS will uh, win easily or not, one way or another. They are in uh, much better form than Fenerbahce, and uh, they have the momentum. And Fenerbahce has. Many, many problems. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Sasa Georgievich will pull uh, something out of his uh, out of his hat, uh, a magic trick or something, because FS right now is simply the best, the better team of the two, and uh, I think they will show it. All right, Buda, thank you very much for this uh, guest so star appearance on the Euro <laughs> Pod. And uh, so it was also on a very short notice. Uh, our dear listeners, uh, just a reminder that this is round two of the EuroLeague regular season and the next, the other games, apart from Fenerbahce, Anadolu FS, which will actually, uh, this game tips off at uh, a quarter to seven CET time. Ceseca Moscow, Bayern Munich is the first game of the week. And then we have Basconia, Real Madrid, Alba Berlin, Maccabi, Tel Aviv, this, and uh, Panathinaikos. Zenit St. Petersburg. These are the Thursday matches. Panathinaikos, by the way, coming from a very big road win over Olympiakos Piraeus uh, on the road. A comeback from down 14 and uh, Olympiakos first defeat this season at home. They have beaten uh, Real Madrid. They have uh, destroyed Maccabi Tel Aviv, but Panathinaikos came to Piraeus and won an amazing result and surprising honestly result given the condition of the teams and then we move to friday's games and we have cervenas vesda hosting unix kazan monaco against villerban the french derby milano olibiakos and barcelona zalgiris kaunas aronas faces his former club that's it for this week's uh, eurohoop pod stay tuned guys for uh, next week's uh, show uh, hopefully we will have um, a very special young player, a very unique talent. We talked about him uh, on the previous Eurofootball with Adigoni, but uh, I think next week we will be really able to have him. So stay tuned and stay safe. Farewell, everyone. Bye-bye.